Welcome to Podcasts, recorded live at the Center for Spiritual Living in Portland, Oregon. Listen past the end of the podcast to find out more about our spiritual center and ways that you may collaborate with us. Where shall we start? I'm tempted to start with an Oscar Wilde quote. So Oscar Wilde had this to say, It's a great mistake for people to give up paying compliments. For when they give up saying what is charming, they give up thinking what is charming. And so his idea here is that if we lose sight of the pleasantries of life, if we lose sight of complimenting one another, thanking one another, if we lose sight of our interest in one another, celebrating each other's successes, that ultimately that will also leave our thinking patterns, that there's something about the looking for it, the acting upon it, the doing of it, that engages our mind and our intentions in a way that have us carrying through with this idea of complimenting people, thanking people, celebrating other people's successes, and so on. Well, this month, we're using the book Big Potential of Sean Akers, and we're at that point in the book where we're starting to talk about what we need to do to actually develop the potential in the teams that we find ourselves. So, And when I say team, of course, it might just be your own household. It might be your neighborhood. It might be your church or synagogue. It might be some other grouping of people at work or a friendship circle. But we're at that point where we're talking about how to really build upon that circle, how to find its strengths and how to move forward. And you'll remember last week, we covered the first two seeds of group-based success. The first seed was to surround yourself with stars. And if you'll remember right, uh, we define stars in a very particular way. It's people who share your goals and values, people who think differently than you, people who want to work together, And people who are positive, and you'll remember the positive aspect of it and the fact that people want to work together was equally as important as the characteristics that they actually bring to the team. So their talents, if you will, are not any more important than their willing to participate and their positive outlook. We also talked about expanding that uh, network by empowering others last week. Well, today we're going to cover two more of these uh, five seeds for success. We're going to learn how to enhance our potential through praise and also how to defend against negativity. And uh, you'll be glad to know I took some notes for you. If you go to our website, underneath uh, the talk title today is a little link. If you pull that up, you'll see all five seeds covered of uh, of how to cover success in groups, in case you want to use that for your own notes. Today we are going to talk about this idea of extending praise or compliments or pleasantries with one another, as uh, as Oscar Wilde would say. And of course, we know that we need to do that, right? We know that it's important to thank people when they have done us a good deed. We know that praise is an important way, not only just to be nice to people, but actually to encourage people. However, I bet most of us don't know that there are positive ways of doing that and maybe not so positive ways of doing that. And I want to start off with a negative. Often people will praise folks through comparison and they'll say things like your sales results are better than anyone else 
Or they'll say, your grades are so much better. You know, you're the top in your class. Or maybe you'd say something like, your bedside manner is better than any of the other nurses on the floor. Or your way of handling customers is really the best that we have here. Now, on the surface, these sound like nice praises, don't they? Wouldn't you like to be singled out for that top award? So, So it might feel good, but think about it for a minute. The message that you're giving to the whole team of people who helped you create that success. See, very few things in life do we do completely on our own. We always have our family and friends backing us up. Very often, if it's a work or a family environment, the whole team, the whole family, the whole neighborhood has worked on a project. Now, now you might be the star involved. You might be the one on the stage or the one perceived by everybody as, a, as doing the great thing or, or being the breakout. But the trouble with lavishing all of the praise on that one person is, first of all, are you always going to be on top? Or is it just your 15 minutes of fame, right? (laughs) There's that idea these days of, you know, the most likes on Facebook, the better. Uh, But I got to tell you, that kind of fame tends to be fleeting. You, You can't take it to the bank for long. And the same is true, I think, with this kind of praise. It's like, yeah, well, I am the first in sales this week but maybe not next week. I, I am the, the outshining star on this one particular effort, but what about the next effort? And so Sean Aker says a better way of handling this is making sure that the entire team gets a lot of the praise, not just the one person that is visible or the one person that is out there, but really the entire team. It's an entire sales team that is doing so well. It's an entire production team that's making the movie. It's the entire family that, that's overcoming some of its odds to be successful. And when we manage to really lavish the praise, when we manage to give kudos to the entire team, then you know you're not going to be left out in the cold. When it's no longer your time to shine, you know you'll still be part of that team. It will feel more rewarding also to be working for other people. One thing I noticed working in the the telephone company for so many years, oftentimes the salespeople were held out as being fabulous. You know, the people who sold the, I don't know, the $10 million telephone system to some company, they would be singled out. But I got to tell you, the people that worked with them in fulfilling those orders... (laughs) <laughs> right? <laughs> they weren't so happy about that salesperson, right? And so when when we can switch that around, when we can lavish praise really on everyone on the team, truly that success then is felt by the whole team and the team enjoys working together. Then the team really feels like they're in it together, not just supporting someone else who's going to get a bonus or going to get recognition. 
in the book, they mention a few elements of true praise, how we can use praise in a way that really will expand the potential not only of the team, but also ourselves. So the first one we've already talked about, and they call it praising the base. There's a whole base of people involved in any kind of an endeavor, any kind of a group. And it's always a good idea to make sure that we are praising that entire base of people. The second thing, and and this is a real common one, one too. I think sometimes we put emphasis on what went wrong rather than what's right. So we may be intending to praise someone, but as soon as the praise is out of our mouth, then then somehow we feel we need to kick in with the four things that didn't go quite so well. Do you know what I mean? I can still remember back when I was a kid and I was learning how to ride a bicycle without the training wheels. And when my father was helping me, it was like, well, he'd give a little shove and off I'd go. And he'd be like, don't, don't hit the right curb. Don't hit the left curb, right? It was all about kind of what not to do. And I was so freaked out by the elements of things that could go wrong that sure enough, boink. (laughs) But I remember my mom was observing this whole thing and came out and she said, you know, why don't you send him off, but I'll be at the other end of the sidewalk welcoming him in and, and you just shove him off and let me coax him. So uh, when my mom started playing, it was, you're doing so good, you're almost here. And she reached out her arms, right? Not like I was going to run into her with the bicycle, but with that, that sense of, you're doing a great job. And that was really how I learned how to get rid of the training wheels. It wasn't by focusing on the four or five things I was doing wrong. It was focusing on that commitment to to managing to do it and, and having some real complimentary voices involved. And so that's the, the suggestion that Sean Aker has is make sure that you don't turn a praise session into something less than that by diluting it with the things that went wrong. The other thing that he talks about is making it easy for everyone to praise. Now, here's a common situation. Usually, you will look towards someone in leadership to give out compliments and recognition. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's a good thing. People in leadership, whether it be in a family or business, a circle of friends, absolutely the people in leadership should be giving compliments, should be giving help, should be giving kudos and celebrations to other people. But that's sort of one-sided, if you know what I mean. It's even better when the feeling is we can all compliment each other, where it's all of our duty to really raise up the group by noticing when things go well as opposed to when things don't go well. It's it's passing along those little thank yous and you did a great job and, and some of the small celebrations. And I would say it, in some ways the leader of the group, it's almost as important that they foster that notion of sharing the praise rather than it is them just doling it out. And they do this in big companies with suggestion boxes and thank you boxes and nominate a a worker for employee of the month. You know, there's a, a variety of ways to do that in a big company. But you know, the informal ways in small groups is even better. It's simply taking the time out to let people know how you appreciate them, how you would celebrate their successes, and so on. And once you start doing it, it gives permission for other people to do it as well. 
Another thing that he talks about is the hidden 31% of people who are positive thinkers, but don't bother to express it. So let me explain this one uh, a little bit. In fact, I have an example. When I first came to the church as its senior minister, I had just gotten out of ministerial school. And so, of course, I was very excited, very motivated, but also just a little unsure of myself, right? It was a, a new job, a new set of responsibilities. And I remember I was so intent on pleasing everyone. And so people in their good-natured way could sort of sense that I was a little uneasy or or a little uh, just unsure of myself. And so they would come up and offer suggestions after the Sunday service. And, and I have to tell you, not that many of them were positive, but I know they were intended from that place of, of heartfelt help, right? Well, well, Larry's new here. We'll give him some suggestions for being even better than he is. But they tended to come out like, uh, if you want to be taken seriously, you need to wear a necktie every Sunday. <laughs> or, <laughs> or they would come out as, oh my gosh, you're not going to keep going all month on that subject of big potential, are you? Oh my gosh, we can't listen to four weeks of that. And so initially, I started taking these things a little bit personally, right? Well, come to find out, studies show that there will be people who will complain to you, there will be people who praise you, and those are the easy people to count and spot. But in any group, over 30% of the people who agree with you won't say anything. So you may tend to think, right, that half of the people agree with you and half of the people don't agree with you, when in reality, it's two-thirds of the people who are likely agreeing with you and only one-third of the people who may be voicing their concerns or their problems. And so you may tend to give more weight to the people who are naysayers than probably what you should. So one of the ways of getting around this, of course, is really uncovering that 30%. You know, how can I speak to the people who are normally quiet? And so one of the practices that I do is just to make sure that everyone has a voice. When I'm uh, teaching a class or uh, maybe walking around the sanctuary and saying hi to people, I make sure it's not just the people who tend to speak up. I make sure that everyone has a chance to share their opinion. I make sure that really everyone gets their voice to be heard, if they want. I mean, some people will still be reticent. Some people don't like talking in public, and I get that. But very often you'll be surprised that some of your best supporters you don't even know because you haven't asked them because they're part of that 30%, that third, that tends to just be quiet when they're satisfied and they're enjoying what's going on. Okay, well, it's time to launch in the, to the second part of the talk today, and that is, uh, it's part of our duty when we're in a group to defend against negativity. And I think I ought to cover this with today's joke. So researchers into animal behavior had been working with a canine subject for several years. It was their habit to let the dog hang out with them. And one night, they discovered that the dog had learned to play poker. The dog would wave a paw when it needed a card, and it would bark if it wanted to bet more or call on someone else's bet. 
He knows the flush beats a straight, said one researcher. He knows when to fold if his cards are bad, said another researcher. The dog was exhibiting an extraordinary performance. This is one smart dog, commented a third researcher. Smart? He's not so smart, said a fourth researcher. He's never actually going to win any money. Have you noticed? Every time he gets a good hand, he wags his tail. And so are you the fourth researcher or are you one of the first three researchers? Do you see what can happen? You can have a team that's working really well together. You can have a team that offers praise, that offers good suggestions, that, that coaches in a way that's positive. But then you can get that one person in there who will find fault, I swear, with Mother Teresa herself. That one person that no matter how well the team's working, how well success is piling up, they will find the one thing that isn't quite right and spend all of their time on it. One of the aspects of a team that really works well is that everyone has the right to switch negativity up into something else. So often, some people will pitch negativity without it being based in some kind of corrective action. They'll just say, these are all the things that are wrong and walk away like, like there you have it. <laughs> this isn't going to work. Here are the eight reasons that are wrong. But have you thought of pitching it in a slightly different way? Have you thought of pitching the idea of a mistake as part of the overall process. We can easily coach the dog not to wag its tail, right? We notice that this is gonna be a problem, but no worries. Problems are the source of great success. It is through problems that we get to redefine and fine tune some of the projects that we're working on. And so it isn't so much that the naysaying voice needs to be unwelcome. We don't need to vote them off the island, right? It's more, it's more an idea of, well, how can we turn the negativity into something that's actually useful? If someone finds a flaw, how can we see that as part of the process of ongoing improvement? If, if someone notices something that seems like a failure, how can we remind ourselves that failure is part of success, that oftentimes we'll have to go through iterations or changes to get things to be just right. And again, he says, this is something that the whole team really can participate in. And it isn't something that just the leader of the group or the father or the mother of the family should be involved in. Anyone in the group should have the ability to reframe some of the problems that come up so that the entire team isn't feeling that sense of defeat or that sense of loss. That really it is that positive nature that we talked about last week that make our stars really stars in our life. It's that ability to see the potential even when negativity exists. Well, I want to summarize just a little bit today. We talked about enhancing our potential through praise and recognition. 
And the idea of praise and recognition here is not just to bless one member of the team, not just to uh, to heap all the accolades on the top performer or the top salesperson or the smartest kid or the neighbor that's the richest or whatever it is. The idea is to make sure that everyone in your group, everyone in your constellation of stars, feels that they are contributing and contributing in an important way. We also talked about our focus on attention of what's going right, to not let those outliers uh, drag the whole team down. We developed our constellation of stars based on the idea that everyone wants to move forward and find success. And so if you notice a person or two in your grouping of stars is spending way more of their time finding faults, let's work with them to reposition those faults into learning experiences. Let's uh, reframe the mistakes or even some of the tragedies that happen as part of the overall process. We talked about praising the base, and we also talked about the idea of the process being important. And I want to focus on that for just a moment. Have you ever been in some kind of a collection of people, whether it's uh, at work or at home, whether it's a a social group, and, and you're working on a particular project together? And so you've put a lot of time and effort. If it's uh, working at home, maybe maybe you're all taking uh, painting the house together or redecorating a room and doing wallpaper and painting and decorating. If it's something at work, maybe you're working on some kind of a particular project that has a specific outcome to it. And it's only natural, I think, to focus a lot of your attention on that end product, right? It's like how beautiful the house is going to be at the end. Or if you're at work, how fabulous that project is going to be when it's complete. We'll be able to get way more customers processed through or whatever it is. And oftentimes that end goal will seem more important than the people and the processes that will take you there. But I want to offer this up. What happens when the goal is complete? You're still a family, right? <laughs> you're, you're still coworkers. You're still neighbors. In some ways, your relationship, I would suggest, is just as important as the outcome of being together. And so rather than lavishing your praise, rather than waiting for some end result for that celebration, maybe the praise should be going all the way along. Maybe we should be seeking out and praising people every day. Maybe it's not just the end goal that we celebrate. Maybe we celebrate a variety of milestones. Maybe we celebrate when one of our team members has got some training that's important for the team. Maybe we celebrate a team member just uh, because it's their birthday and and we want to celebrate some of the actions of people and not just the actions at work. This idea of praising the process as well as the product or as well as the end goal That's what will keep a team together functioning well from project to project because they're in it together. They they recognize that they, in their sense of unity in the team, are actually more important than the projects that come through the team. 
And that's a team that is set up really for life. That's a team that you would like to have as a, as a family or a set of friends, because no matter what comes your way, you have faith in one another, not faith necessarily in an interim goal, but you really have the faith that you can work it through as a unique group of people. Well, finally, I want to tie this in a bit to our idea this month of unity. When we pattern ourselves after spirit, typically what happens is we create more potential in our lives. Simply, God rushes in to fulfill our needs and our desires when we're working on behalf of spirit. And what I know about unity is that it encompasses all of the people on this planet. There is no division in God's mind between us as individuals and us as an entire human race. There's no people that are better. There's no activities that are better. It simply is the activity of spirit itself unfolding through each one of us. And although we tend to, in our human realm, tend to think that some people are somehow better than others, the reality is that's not a concept that God has any interest in. Some of us may be better at other things than others, but each of us have a unique and blessed place on this planet. Each of us has a gift to give that without our gift, the entire world would be missing something. And so this, I think, is the source, really, of this book, is this complete unity of all things. And when we regard one another, each, as one of God's creatures, when we regard one another, each, as having exactly what we need to shine, just as we are, then the compliments are easier. Then, as Oscar Wilde would say, it's, it's easy to do this idea of paying compliments and recognition because you're really blessing God when you do it. And you're really blessing yourself as part of that divine unity of all things. Well, I do have a bit of homework for you. And this is a suggestion that comes right out of the book. And I happen to particularly love it. If you're willing, I think it would be wonderful if you'd add a new spiritual practice into your lives. And it only takes like maybe two, three minutes a day. His idea is to spend three minutes every day thanking or praising someone. And he says uh, the way he does it is just every morning he'll send out a couple text messages, just honestly thanking someone uh, for something that they have done for him or some, some quality that he admires. So sometimes it's a thank you, sometimes it's a praise. And again, he follows all of his rules of trying to make sure he's covering the whole base, not just, uh, you know, one or two people. He makes sure that he's really blessing people for how they show up in the world. And so that's your homework for this week. Give it a try every day this week and see if it's a spiritual practice that you'd like to keep up. Spend about three minutes a day thanking or praising someone. All right, I'm going to close with a, a quote from the book and a prayer. He says, small potential praise shines on just one person, typically already at the top but then it peters out. Big potential praise shines on the entire support system that made high performance possible for the entire team. That support system, whether it's coworkers or a family or friends, is your base. And when you praise the entire base, you lift up the entire system that rests upon it. 
Now, I know some readers might be thinking I'm advocating giving everyone on the losing team trophies, but I'm not. Giving out trophies to everyone is inauthentic. And research is clear that if you give people inauthentic praise, it backfires. Instead, I'm saying that when we praise a win, we also need to recognize the supporting players who made that win possible. I'm saying that we need to redirect more light to the player who made the assist, not just the player who scored the winning point. Let us pray. There is one power and one presence, one life, one love, one joy. There is only this one thing, a perfect unity of all. Every person, place, and thing, every situation, all part of the unity that is spirit. And within this spirit, within this unity, there is so much good. And so today I claim for myself that ability to praise it, that ability to celebrate it, that I actually seek it out, as Oscar Wilde would say, I will seek it out and comment on it. I praise authentic contributions on every level to the entire base. And I make a commitment to thanking, praising, and giving recognition to all of the people that support me in my life on the many star systems that I'm a part of, whether it's friends, whether it's family, whether it's here at the center or business recognition that I have out in the world, I simply know that there is praise, recognition, contribution of all and for all. And as this uh, essential truth is, is evident to me, I know that each one of us can make a commitment to complimenting, to thanking, to celebrating, to praising. And that in doing so, it not only raises up the team or the people that you direct that praise to, it raises up the whole planet, including ourselves. Praise is that completely renewable resource that the more we give, the more we get. And so for this, I give great thanks. For this, I recognize the blessing in every day and all of the good there is to be grateful for. I release my prayer into the activity, into the action of the law itself. I let it be, and so it is. Thank you so much for being here today. So glad you joined us. And just a comment, I know that these times it's difficult to uh, to send a check-in to the center, but we also have so many online opportunities. You can go to our website at cslportland.org. At the bottom of every page on our website is a little link for making a donation, and truly it would uh, it would be a blessing to us to keep this ministry going and such good health that we're in. You can do it that way. We also support gifts through the Tithely system on your phone if you'd like to text us a donation. We also support a variety of other ways. Of course, you can be old-fashioned and send us in a check as well. Please know how grateful we would be. If you'd like, you can just repeat after me, graciously I give from a place of love, knowing that as I give, so do I richly receive. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast. If you happen to be in the Portland, Oregon area, we'd love to have you visit in person. The Portland Center for Spiritual Living is located at 6211 
Northeast Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. We have inspirational services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday. We also have many programs, classes, and workshops developed just for our online audience. To find out more, go to our website at cslportland.org and look under the Online tab. We have a variety of content dedicated specifically for our podcast listeners. Our mission is to open hearts, ignite minds, and make a difference. If you'd like to support our center and its podcasts, you can donate online at cslportland.org slash donate. Our website is also the place to learn more about what's going on at the center or to contact us. Allow us to become part of your extended spiritual community. Wherever you are on your spiritual journey, you are most welcome at the Center for Spiritual Living.